Craft Beer Radio, episode 185 for July 15th, 2011. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where it's Port City Day. We have a uh, series of beers here from Port City Brewing Company in Alexandria, Virginia. And these were sent by listener and saver helper, John... Daigle. Daigle. Yeah, never asked him how to exactly say his last name, <laughs> but I think it's Daigle. So, uh, Port City is a relatively new brewery in Alexandria. It's the D.C. metro area there. And uh, they opened in 2010. And I was I had grand intentions of doing a vertical tasting, a brewery spotlight, and uh-huh. teletasting with the brewer. Well, you know, life goes Gets on. in the way. Yeah, and I didn't want to keep these beers around for too long. So we're drinking them tonight without the brewer. Whit beer, what do you say? Sure. So we have two of, of each one so we can save some for our, uh, for our star party afterwards. There you go. So, like Jeff said, Alexandria, Virginia, 2010. The wit beer is called the Optimal Wit. It is brewed with raw wheat and oats, steeped with coriander, orange peel, and grains of paradise. 5% alcohol by volume, 11.5 Play-Doh original gravity. Uh, 15 IBUs. So, here is the question, to wit or not to wit. I uh, I put poured so clear that I had to swirl up a little. Oh, I'm bit sorry, of, to half or not yes. to half is really. I had to um, put a little yeast in there, even though I probably should have tasted it before I put the yeast mm-hmm. in. Oh well, it looks more like a whippier now. Indeed, it smells like a whippier. So the color is as you would expect, a golden straw. Yeah. Nice and cloudy because uh, Jeff put the yeast in there, which is. Probably, I mean, I think at least some of these should go in. What I've been tasting in wit beers, for the mm-hmm. most part, is they taste they taste very clean without the yeast, and they taste muddy with a lot of yeast, but with a little bit of the yeast, it kind of goes a long yeah. way. And I didn't, yeah, there's still some in here. I didn't, you know, swirl it super hard. I just wanted to get a little, like you said, a little in between there, a little action going, because when I poured it initially, it poured almost crystal clear. I'm like, that doesn't look like a wit beer. Let's see what's in the bottom of the bottle. Now, this says apparent extract of, I guess, two Play-Doh. Would that be correct? That, uh, I don't remember. I don't know what apparent extract... I mean, I know what the, the, the original gravity is, but I don't know what uh, the apparent extract is. So that's just something that... I'm glad they have the information on their well, site. yeah, it went from 11.5 Play-Doh down to two. So it... I don't know why they call it a parent extract. I haven't heard that terminology before. But it says 5% ABV there. What's that other? 15? 15 IBUs. Ah. Okay. That's a nice little diagram they have there. The aroma on it, you definitely get the uh, spiciness and the the orange peel from there. You know, I'm smelling the little lemony. You get a little bit of the orange peel aroma. Mm Mm-hmm. This uh, if this is influencing me because it does say that it imparts a plummy aroma, and since plummy, I read that and I smell that, and I can smell that there. I wouldn't have pulled that out. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Now, listeners might be confused because we always talk about prunes and raisins, right? right? But stop, stop, stop! And before you start thinking dried fruit, think about a fresh plum, right? And when you stop and think about that. 
not really the same thing, right? And because when you said plumbing, I'm like, really? Because I went that direction. So I bet a lot of the listeners went that direction too. So no, think about a fresh plum. And it's, you know, it's more like, well, you know, it's like a fresh stone fruit, you know. It's, right. it's closer a, to a citrus fruit than a raisin. So. A fresh plum is kind of like, well, you know, it, it's a fresh grape, essentially. You know, it's the same mm-hmm. sort of deal. Yeah. Hmm, okay. It's got a nice spicy mm-hmm. uh character to it. I I like that. Um it's uh it's not a a non-challenging with beer in a sense. It's it's not like mm, this is just going to be a little fruity and a little bit of this. Yeah, it start yeah, it, it definitely has a couple stages going through it. It starts off with the the spiciness. You get the coriander. I'm trying to find the alligator pepper, you know, the grains of paradise in there, trying to figure out where that's coming in. But it quickly goes into right as you a begin citrusy, on the lemony flavor, and then it goes into this wee tea um, aftertaste, late taste in mm-hmm. it, where you get this. You know, the first sip it actually tasted like pretty dry and chalky, but the second sip, you know, I'm like, oh, that's coming around. It tastes a little more like you know what you think about in a wheat beer, where it's, it's just it's not. Um, how do I want to describe it compared to you know an all barley beer? You know, would would be you know, let's use our crazy. Non non normal terms, sure. right? Where it's this rounder, you know, sweet, you know, rounder, leaning towards, you know, meaning kind of sweet, mm-hmm. you know, fuller body. Where you know this wheat flavor is is kind of a little steely, a little flatter, and it's further back on the tongue as we're yeah, it's, it's a little bit, um, it's it, it's a little bit. Well, I mean, the, the comparison between white bread and wheat bread is an easy one to make. Um, okay. Uh, so you know it has a little bit of a it, the, the white bread has a little bit crustier, a little bit uh, um, kind of stronger. Uh, the, the wheat bread has more a little bit more complexity to it, but also uh, it's a little cleaner, I guess. I don't know. It, it's it's hard to make that yeah. correct directly because <laughs> I mean you know both breads. Well, yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of those breads will have wheat, yeah. will have some barley in it too. You know, yeah. small amounts. You know, but you know you don't really see a. a whole barley bread right you know very often so that's yeah okay so forget that analogy um <laughs> what i'm noticing here uh, is I, I taste the grains of paradise right away right in the beginning uh they mention oats and i really think that that helps round out the flavor uh and it, it helps think, it round out the mouthfeel i mean it helps um uh, certainly yeah i mean i i wasn't picking it up but i had it in my mouth when greg said oats and all of a sudden something made sense right and it does have this pretty creamy transition from front to back mm-hmm. and it's kind of this bridge that builds on that, you know, that spicy up front to wheat in the back, I think. And I think it would have been like a, I feel like I'm Greg using all these non-flavor terms, but there'd be this dip between the two, but the, but the oats are bridging that. And that's just how it's coming across. It, to me, the oats are really helping it kind of, um, gelatinize, helping it just become fuller. It's combining be, the, it, bringing it, the whole beer together. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's a mouthfeel thing. It, 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 it gives it, um, it it doesn't feel it's it's not like root beer carbonation, um, and it really feels thicker. You know, it, yeah. it gives it a thickness and unctuousness. I think we had uh, I can't remember what beer it was, but I vaguely recall us recently having another beer. And I think it was a wheat beer with oats added. It seems to be a nice little combination that I, up until recently I haven't heard too much about. Actually, you know, you should try the home brew with oats. I'd like to see. What well, it I, does. I, ha- I have that breakfast out with oats in the, in oh, the fermenter right now, so we'll see how that goes. Even though I might have made an unfermentable mash, 
We'll have to see. I have to, mm. I'm kind of scared to take a gravity reading, see if the yeast were able to do anything to the wort or not. <laughs> I had some, uh, I was a little rusty first time brewing in a, like a year and a half, almost a, almost a year and a half. That was tasty. I like that. Yeah, I really did like that a lot. The It's a nice sessionable beer at mm-hmm. 5%. You know, it just hits that sessionable. You know, there's warm. not... You know, let me taste these other beers, but I can't think of too many wit beers where I'd want to order a second. You know, I mean, I'm generally going on to the next thing. I'll drink a wit beer, I'll try it, but I never sit at the bar and order two or more wit beers. Right now, I'm feeling like I could drink another one of these. This would, especially if you, I mean, this would go really well with a like a a, a salad with some nice uh, like apple slices or mm-hmm. something in there. Um. It'd probably go well with chicken, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just so refreshing and light that I could definitely see going with a salad. You know, some crumbled cheese on there. Put some alligator pepper, some grains of paradise on it, just for just to tie them together and see if you can kind of melt yeah. it a little bit. No, I think that sounds good. All right. So now we'll go to the essential pale ale. Essential? How essential is it? It's... it's Part of your nine essential daily vitamins and minerals. Hmm. Put your phone away. Sorry. Doing a live to tape show. I know, but I have to respond to this text I got. Sorry. Unprofessional, Mr. Weiss. Unprofessional. I know, I know. Essential Pale Ale is German malted, American hopped. English and German malts, I should say. 5.5% alcohol by volume. 13 Play-Doh original gravity. 35 bitterness units. Columbus, Chinook, and Amarillo hops. Yeah, take a sniff on this thing. You could tell that there was some some big-time bully hops in there. Hmm. Yeah, you can pick out the Chinook and Amarillo, those high alpha. Yeah, Chin- Chinook is typically a, a piney, and then... There's something on there that makes it a little more musky. You know, there's this... Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit of like a... Think of a, a pine forest right after the rain and you've cut a couple of trees down and you got that sap in the air. You know, you got all, that's that's kind of what you're smelling here. Hmm. The color is not that much different though, but a little more golden. Yeah, it's, it's, it's clearer. It's not super crystal clear. It's yeah. clearer... And, uh, yeah, it's a good gold color. It's a freckle beer. Lots of bitterness. I mean, and, and a good hop flavor on it. It starts out really bitter, and it's like, oh, this is going to be abrasive. But then it, it turns sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, I got this, you know, this little hop candy, because the malt started pushing through, and, and the hops kind of finished on a more citrusy note, and it left that... That more resinous, you know, splinter piney, you know, flavors from behind. It does have a pretty strong piney, um, you know, pine is is a very essential flavor here. The malts are a little underrepresented, I find. the The, the hops are starring here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, and they're, they're they're shining pretty brightly, but like Jeff said, it's it's not overtly resiny or bitter. It's only 35 IBUs. Um, it certainly is hoppy, though. Yes. It's definitely hoppy. It's definitely 
you know, it, it, it reaches into the piney hops. There's a bit of the muskiness you can taste in the Amarillo, but I wouldn't be surprised if Chinook was used primarily as a flavoring. And, you know, Amarillo mm-hmm. more in, in, in the um, bittering. But, um, but who knows? I'd, I'd say that I think the flavoring is, is probably pretty close to half and half Chinook and Amarillo. Because, I mean, it's not a classic Chinook to me. There's something else going on there. I think yeah. it's the Amarillo that's kind of giving it a little more depth, a little more of that citrus, right? Because, you know, kind of get citrusy toward the end, a little pineapple or something like that. See, I wouldn't even say citrus. I would say I, I would go into um, some things a little bit more, uh, I don't know if, if tartish is the right word, but more juicy, uh, you know, raspberry. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of the... Yeah, like, you got to take components out of the fruit because it's kind of like the acidity of a strawberry, you know, right. but it's not sweet and strawberry flavored, or it's not raspberry flavored, but it's kind of that tartness. The more I drink it, the more I find that the, yes, it's a hop forward beer, um, but the hops or the the malt does come in at the end and kind of lift it up and push up the push up the the end to keep you from you know pushes your you know your palate up and keeps it from getting you know drugged down by the bitterness. I don't know if I necessarily agree with you. I'm still. Mostly just tasting the hops. I'm tasting the. It, it's a very flavorful hoppy beer, for a, you know. It's it's a if you want a, a nice hoppy pale ale that is not going to destroy you and is not going to be overtly bitter. I think this is this is a good match. But this is not. Uh, you know, my favorite kind of pale ales are the English pale ales, the ones that are more malt forward, mm-hmm. the ones that have you know more of the malt sweetness with them, and the hops are. are Helping along, but they're not starry. And this is a, an American pale ale, to be sure. They got a decent. I'm looking at their construction blog on their website. They got a decent sized brew house. That's like a 20, 20 to thirty barrel brew house. Looks like when they built out, they put in six. Yeah, you know, like or I guess was that maybe two fermenters and three conditioning tanks. Pretty big ones. They're on portcitybrewing.com if you would like to take a look at their site. Yeah, so it looks like they're a production microbrewery. No pub here. Uh, the pictures are taken in a warehouse. I don't see any signs of a restaurant. They have tours and tastings, but yeah, I don't see like yeah. menu or anything like that. Yep. Hmm. Definitely, out of out of everything on the beer, the uh, like the, the the aroma is still pretty rough and abrasive to me. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's not. It makes it. It's not a positive attribute, for me to the beer, right? Because I'm tasting it. I like a lot of the flavors that I taste, but when I smell it. It's just like, oh, oh, that's gonna be wicked when you taste it. So it's kind of harsher than the beer actually is. Like I said, it, it's a it's a fruityish hoppy pale ale. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's American uh, style, but not American bitter. Just sort of American hop forward style. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it's in the APA category. Um, one of the hoppier, less malty ones. You know, I can't think of anything that would really be analogous to it. Right? Like, tell listeners, oh, it's kind of like X. I, I really can't think of something similar. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a different one. It's it's one you know, give it a chase. You know, like maybe I'm thinking like one of those beers we had from Ninkasi or something out in Oregon. You know, kind of rings a bell that you know. I remember one of those being this kind of big aggressive hop type flavor. But other than that, yeah, it's Ninkasi esque is, is about is about Ninkasi-esque. the best direction I can give you. So there you go, <laughs> for all you Ninkasi lovers. All right, let's go move up to their big IPA. Monumental, if you will. The Monumental IPA is trying to get through all the text. American hops. They had a special blend through the brewing and fermentation process. 6.3% alcohol by volume. 15.3% Play-Doh original gravity. 50 IBUs. Magnum Centennial, Amarillo, and Liberty hops. Centennial gives you more kind of grapefruity or orangey. Uh, Amarillo, we discussed. Liberty. Magnum's a high alpha. Yeah, Magnum's is is high alpha. It's pretty much just a bittering hop. Liberty... Mm, I'm not sure. I've never really, you know, isolated Liberty. I'm not really sure exactly what it's like, what characters it gives. Yeah, that'd be one to, you know, to to get a little bit of like a a bag of and just <laughs> check it out. Maybe it's time for some more single hop experiments. Mm. Did they get it on Sam Adams? We could uh we could do that. You know, we could do a short one. I was thinking we could pull those out tonight. Hmm. Okay. I think my nose stopped working. I'm not smelling much. I am smelling a lot of um, a lot of kind of flowery, uh, kind of clovery notes. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm starting to smell some stuff now. I, I'm getting this clovers, dandelions, that sort of grassy, with a mixture of of some resiny stuff. I think clover is probably better than dandelions for almost smelling. Because when you start saying dandelions, I start thinking like ragweed and allergies and stuff like that where clover can kind of have that sweet smell it's kind of you know you can think it's not a big stretch to get into clover honey and while it doesn't smell like meat or anything like that it kind of has you know it kind of combines into the malt there honey honeydew honeydew Mm -hmm. combines in with the malt flavor and this seems like there's a lot more caramel malt in this one honeydew maybe a little bit of muskmelon or cantaloupe but mostly honeydew okay this one is darker than the beer so far. This one is... It's copper. Copper colored. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's, it's more inventive than saying brown. <laughs> hmm. has a very interesting balance between the maltiness... The caramel malt and and all the hop flavor yeah. that's in there. It almost it, I'm trying to think. It reminds me almost like um, um, geez, there's something that's like nagging at my brain. That well, while you think about that, what's funny to me here is that the roles are switched. 
the IPA in, in in most breweries is their real hop forward beer, and the pale ale tends to be you know less so. This is a more malt forward beer, I think. The hops are definitely there. Don't get me wrong; it's it's a hoppy beer. It's fifty IBUs. It's strong, but there's a lo- there's a good one, amount of malt in this, here. Yeah, this one has more malt per IBU than than the last one. The last one was the IBUs are way out ahead, and this one is is more in balance, if not the malt slightly ahead. So it has like that English style malt bill for an mm-hmm. IPA, but with you know with American hops, it's not just this hops and water type IPA. It's it's a big, bready, full IPA, which I that's you know that's sort of speaking to me. I mm-hmm. like that a lot. The like you said, I, I'm pretty sure they use caramel malt. They don't talk about the malting here, but only the hopping, but. It, it, there's definitely a taste of caramel, a little bit of toffee, mm-hmm. a little bit of some even like burned toffee in the back. Um, the but that could also be the 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 resiny hop too. That's so that it's not quite as clovery in the in the flavor. It's it's a little bit more resiny, a little bit orangish, um, mm-hmm. sl- just you know ever so slightly pithy. Yeah, I mean, it, you get some of that orange. It was almost like a candy orange, though. There's so much malt and, mm-hmm. and caramel in there. That it's just a really nice blend. It's reminding me of some... Ow, what is it? I'm having a vocabulary but I don't want to... Like, it's some cocktail or something where it has this bitters-type flavor to it or something like that. You're getting some bitters. Or... I mean, an old-fashioned... <laughs> The old fashioned has bitters in it. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard so, to say. So I don't know. Bitters are um, you can buy them and usually you can buy them even at grocery stores. They're mm-hmm. uh, a good addition to, to certain cocktails because they add, um, well, they they add a little bit of uh, of depth mm-hmm. to what might otherwise be sort of straight alcohol plus sugar. Right. Anyway, I, I'm liking this beer too, even though I can't figure out what it's reminding me of. It is. Um... Yeah, big malty IPA, English style with American, you know, American um, punch out of it. You know, works for me. I'm a, I'm a real, I'm a real fan of this beer. I like the way it's it's drawing a lot of maltiness out uh, and still keeping up. Uh, you know, an IPA now, monumental IPA. Is not exactly monumental at six point three, but <laughs> that's it's not fine. about the size of your monument. Exactly, it's how you use it. <laughs> that's fine. I think that sometimes you you get to a point where it, you know you, you go crazy, and um, you know, every every beer so far has been very very clean tasting. Very, um, mm-hmm. you know, there have not been flaws, and the the alcohol and and, and malt bill and hops have not been there to really hide if there were major flaws. Yeah, I I don't know much to add other than, you know, I feel like I'm back as much describing the spear much. It just, it's hard. I mean, other than what we've said already, it's good. It's yum. Mm-hmm. It's nice and tasty. It's, um, this I would definitely order more than one. Uh, what would you say? Okay, foods. Go on to foods. That's a, that's always a good foods, one. Foods, uh, I think. Pulled pork. The, pulled pork. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, something, some some kind of big flavorful meat with with that big malt backbone and the hops kind of are in there but you know not too overpowering 
I was going to think some kind of like beef brisket, but I think pulled pork would be even better. Because um, I'm not sure how the bitterness would really go with uh, go with the beef. But I think pulled pork with like some, some vinegar coleslaw. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and the bitterness. With all, oh, yeah. It's, oh, this is, man. This is barbecue beer right here. This Yeah. Yeah. This really is. This, this would be a great barbecue beer. Um, it'd probably even go well with the corn. Mm-hmm. Nothing else to say about that, I don't think. I don't think so. So the last beer that we're drinking from Port City is their fourth beer, their Porter. Now, this is the highest alcohol beer of the night. And the other, you know, there was the Essential Pale Ale, the Optimal Wit, the Monumental IPA, and the Porter. I guess they sort of ran out of their creativity (laughs) when they hit Porter. It's interesting that the Porter... If you if you heard a, a brewery with their lineup of wheat beer, pale ale, IPA, and porter, uh, I wouldn't necessarily think the porter is going to be the the big boy alcohol wise. I mean, seven point five percent isn't huge. It's not talking nine percent imperial porter, but seven point five. It's a pretty big porter. That's that's not a small porter. I mean, you know, the porters that I'm used to are in you know they're in the six to seven range. Yeah. Once you get above seven, that's pretty. That, that that's nice. <laughs> uh, Magnum and Fuggles are hopped here. Okay, so, so it sounds like they're going for you know a traditional English you know uh, robust porter. Now, seven point five percent alcohol volume and forty five IBUs means there's a lot of malt in here. Seventeen point five is the original gravity. Again, you're talking Play-Doh. I. I I've only brewed once in a year and a half, so I've forgotten all my Play-Doh conversions. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the other ones, you know, were you know around twelve, thirteen Play-Doh, oh, right, and here we're right. up to up to seventeen point five, and the bitterness units are forty. You know, more bitterness to to keep that malt in check. Right. Right. So, you know, I know that some people don't even know what original gravity means, and and I'm I'm almost with you on this. I mean, I have a basic understanding. But you know, I know that the higher the original gravity, you know, sort of the more sugars are there to be fermented. To be yeah. fermented, yeah. and uh, so when you you know you, you see a beer that has a lot of o, a, a high OG, a high OG Play-Doh, you know it's going to be pretty big and malty. Yeah, I mean, we can do a quick recap real fast for some of the listeners who might not know. The higher the original gravity, the more sugars there are to be fermented. The final gravity, the higher that is the more body there is left in the beer. If it's really low, it'll have less body. If it's, you know, if it's higher, it'll have more body. And then the difference between the two is what was fermented out of the beer, which means you can be calculate how much alcohol is in it. So, so it went from 17.5 to 3.5. Right. So that was, you know, uh, 14, whatever, that uh, turned into alcohol. Delicious, mm. delicious alcohol. <laughs> and carbon dioxide. And some other compounds. Yeah. Big, big porter smell. You've got a lot of um, brownie chocolate, you know, type aroma. It smells, it smells pretty good for, um, you know, some porters, you know, don't smell as good yeah, as this one. This yeah, smells pretty uh, good. I, I, I like the, the point out of a brownie, a, a nice crusty kind of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, crusty brownie. You know, one that's crusty on the edges, but still gooey inside. Still gooey on the inside, exactly. Not just dry. Yeah. 
you know, I smelled it again, and I think I pick up just the tiniest bit of those fungal hops. Just, but you know, you're not going to really pick it up in this beer too much. But I think I just smell a little bit. But no, yeah, there's something there. I'm, I'm getting even a little bit of carbonic acid from it. Mm-hmm. Um, little tingling up in yeah. your nose. It smells a little bit like I don't know if you've ever. Yeah, here's what you do next time you have an empty two liter Coke bottle or something uh, that's just been emptied. Like, put your lips around the top and just suck in, and it'll burn the hell out of your lungs, but you'll know what carbonic acid tastes like then. <laughs> Next time you want to burn the hell out of your lungs, listen to Jeff, because yeah. Jeff knows all about that. It's just one of those things you have to experience life before you can know what it tastes like. I'm trying to parse that sentence, but okay. <laughs> I like that sentence. To experience life before we know what it tastes like. Um, <laughs> and that's my. Uh, no, there's my topical. Uh, now here, here the dark fruits come into play. Oh yeah. Uh, you you have your prune, you have your raisin, a uh, little, little bit of astringency expected in a porter. Uh, chocolates, uh, chocolate covered cherries. Yeah, there's um. There's some chocolate, like dried, you know, bitter baker's chocolate. It kind of goes into this... Oh, how do I want to describe that? The, um, the hops bring along sort of a basil kind of uh, a note to it. A, uh, you know, a, a slight mintiness. Yeah, there's... Jeff, Sorry, I'm going to sneeze here soon, I think. But... You feel free to sneeze. I think that you know, as long as you don't the, do it on on mic, it's okay. For the tissue box, but it seemed to have disappeared. It's outside. No, oh, okay. Uh, where was I going? There's this. It's almost like chocolate milk, but not sweet. So, like, imagine making chocolate milk with baker's chocolate or something like that, where it's creamy. I'm not saying it would taste great by itself. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't sound but, feeling. But it's good. kind of kind of the mouthfeel that I'm going for, the flavor that I'm going for, you know, with other good beery things going on. But it's this kind of creamy but but bitter chocolatey flavor that I'm getting. It's it's kind of kind of luscious. I, I, it's, it's like grandma. It's creamy but bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Hops do show up in the flavor here. More than a lot of porters, actually. Well, like I said, I mean, I'm getting more of you know, kind of a basil-y note from mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, basil is kind of a, of a half mint. Yeah, think it's, of, it's think a, of like a fresh basil, sure. Like not not the powdered stuff that's stuck up in your spice cabinet, yeah. but you know, fresh you know fresh basil. Absolutely, I, I can see that. And what else? What else? So, all right. This would oh you know okay so here instead of the the chocolate milk made with baker's chocolate think of um, kind of like the ice cream float like melted ice cream soda type flavor yeah you know? I'm I'm still more I, I'm not detecting either of those I mm-hmm. mean I get the chocolate notes and I see where you're coming from there but I'm thinking this is more along a cola area than it is a chocolate milk area. Well, right, but think of a cola so, with like some melted, you know, like a like a ice cream float, like with melted ice cream in there. I mean, that, eh, I, I, I'm thinking about pairings, and the pairing that comes to mind is a pepperoni pizza of all things. Really, I think that 
the basil you know, the basil notes are kind of dragging me in there and i think this would actually go really well the cheese the tomatoes and everything would you know it gives you a bring up a lot of umami mm-hmm. uh, and this would really just kind of make that all kind of come together sure i i don't i think that would work but i think the beer would work just as well with you know some kind of dessert going on too because i mean there's a the chocolate there it's it's not there, too there's bitter a fair bit of chocolate fair amount of chocolate yeah so like i would go with um see i don't want to i don't really want to take it with ice cream or or something like that so i'm thinking more like um i don't know that wouldn't work some kind of like but i think garlic like, would cut this great i just think something garlicky would okay. be great with this I mean, even a garlicky pasta you know like i'm thinking like kind of like a, a a creamy pastry or something like uh, maybe some ladyfingers or uh, um, cannoli or something like that. I think it would go well with this. You know, I'm I'm so off in a different direction mm-hmm. that it's hard for me to pull myself right. into desserts when I'm already into like uh, garlicky things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah. Gar- going from garlic to cannolis is is, <laughs> is a hell of a jump for sure. So Greg and I are dragging you two different directions on this, but I think this beer is pretty versatile. I think it'd probably go good with some. Some meats too. Uh, let's see. Um, maybe not. It's pretty sweet for me. I, don't, I wouldn't really go with meat on that one. But basil does come out in the end, though. Yeah, that's probably a a, a, a fuggles thing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. We'll have to see if we can pick that up more in the future. But yeah, either you've planted a evil seed in my head or, <laughs> or fuggles does have a bit of a basil or it's just too. you know whatever the malt and 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 hops are doing together in this beer are bringing out some of that flavor there's a uh pizza that i get at aviva that has you know basil laid on top is it like know? the margarita style pizza it's kind of like a yeah it has the has buffalo mozzarella on it and some yeah. basil and whatnot and uh oh, that, oh that's so a pizza that's a real pizza Those, it is I, I never realized how much I like basil until like this last year, and yeah, basil laid out on a pizza. Oh my god, it's awesome! <laughs> it is freaking awesome. Basil and tomato were just such a perfect combination. Well, maybe that's part of it too, where I actually grew up this year and I learned to eat, like tomato, raw tomatoes. Yeah. So, well, actually, you may not believe it, Greg, but that's the last beer. I believe they only they only have four, and uh, I can't believe we're through them already. They were. All very tasty. Very tasty. Now comes the hard part. I'm not sure ranking so hard. You know, we might have to, you know, throw the hard luck loser disclaimer in there. Um, they were all, I think they were all very, very good. I think this... Um, I, I got my order. Once again, the, the, the great trend that we've been noticing, and I'll repeat this again, is that even the, the, the uh, beers, the, the brewers that you may have... Um, said a while ago they don't have anything good they just taste like everything they're being forced to make good beer mm-hmm. and I find that the new stuff is all very good and some of the old stuff that I, that I crossed off my list before back to being good or starting to be good now. yeah there's there's I can't remember who it is right now but there is a brewery someone asked me about recently I'm like I know I haven't had them in three or four years it's time to go back to see what they're doing because, yeah, I remember when there were certain beers, Weyerbacher, I'm, I'm proud to mention that because I used yeah. to think Weyerbacher was kind of a, hey, Saranac brewery. is, is and, uh, and And now I think Weyerbacher is a fantastic brewery. 
and, and Saranac is a much improved brewery. They're a big brewery, right? So they're one of those yeah. almost non-craft beer breweries, but they make good beer now too. I mean, and so you know, it, it's a, it's an exciting time to be a beer fan because well, there's so I mean, much great stuff out there. Yeah, Jim Cook says that in his in all his talks, right? You know, this is the golden age. You know, people 100 years, 150 years from now will wish they were alive now. I mean, I don't know whether that's true or not, but I do know that it is definitely. We've been doing this for six years. This is the best beer's been. Yeah, I mean, if you want to sum it up in one short sentence, it's where have all the bad beers gone? Yeah, you know, because you very seldom run across them. Especially, you know, I found some recently. I had Shock Top Raspberry the other day. Bad beer. Okay. I had um, Labatt Blue Blue Light Lime. Bad beer. I had. Lennon Kugel's Lemonade... Summer Shandy. Yeah. Not a bad beer. Not a bad beer, as it turns out. I couldn't out. drink a lot of it, but it's not a bad yeah. beer. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's for this... It's for... It's a very summer Moderated thing. use. It's a very... It's a very lawnmower-y summer type thing. But it's not a bad beer. No, no. Um, so, yeah. Find me a craft brewer that's you know still in business that's making crappy beer. Because I haven't seen one in quite a while. Mm-hmm. They've all gone extinct, or they've learned to make better beer. Yeah. So, okay, you have your order. I do. Porter number one. I I just really dug that. It was umptious. I mean, it had that the sweetness. It had the spicy. You know, the basil. It all went together. It's pretty versatile. I think mostly we go with desserts, but you know, I really want to try it with Greg's pizza. Uh, number two, I am going to put the wit beer. Okay. I mentioned early on, you know, I, I would almost never order a second whip beer in a row. That one, I think I'd order a second. I think I could do a session, you know, with with many of them being the whip beer. It was very tasty. Uh, IPA number three and the pale ale number four. It was just a little too aggressive and harsh in certain ways. It wasn't so balanced. It falls into fourth place. I'm with you except for I'm switching one and two. For me, the whip beer is number one. Okay. Uh, I, I really enjoy the whip beer a lot. I, I loved the fullness of the oats brown. I, I really like the spiciness. Even though I'm not a huge fan of coriander bombs, I thought the grains of paradise kind of matched with the coriander nicely and didn't make either one too oppressive. I felt that the the whip beer just it, it, it came out perfectly. It was it was a really well done whip beer. I'd like to ch- see it against some other wit beers. See how mm-hmm. well it does. The uh, the porter, just, I mean, really delicious porter. Lots of interesting stuff going on here. Uh, I don't know whether it's the you know it's the first porter that I've detected basil. I don't know whether I'll detect them <laughs> later. But uh, I mean, it's definitely one of the first porters that I was like, man, I want garlicky stuff with this. Right. So and that that's interesting all in, in and of itself. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, the I like the IPA because it's more malt forward than the pale ale, mm-hmm. basically. All right, so that is uh, this episode of Craft Beer Radio. Thanks for listening. And uh, if you're in the DC metro area and you haven't, shame on you. Check out Port City Brewing because these beers are pretty good. Thanks, John, for the beers. Thank you, John. And uh, I'm and sure thanks for helping you. You're helping Saver too. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll see you next year when we're down in the DC area. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. 
Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. But they never say what you 